You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Viewers, listeners, and fans of all ages, or at least friends who sit through this with us because you love us dearly. We appreciate you all. Uh, <laughs> this is the Love of Pages podcast. I am joined once again with Jessica. Hello. And Stephen. Hello. And I guess I'm Elizabeth. I don't actually know if I ever introduced myself in any of these things. I don't know. That's a good point. I'm not, I'm genuinely not sure. I'm not sure either. So for those of you who I haven't introduced myself to, I'm Elizabeth. Uh, We are continuing on with Artemis by Andy Weir. Artemis. Artemis. That's my train tracks. Um, Thank you. Our cocktail for this evening. Jessica, do you want to do the honors? Uh, sure, but I can't remember what it was called. Oh, Harvest Moon. There you go. It yep. was called Harvest Moon, um, in which you, you you recommended this one because it was pretty simple. It was apple, apple brandy with lemon juice and almond syrup, which we just put in a dash of almond extract with simple syrup because there was no time to go to the store to even try to find almond syrup (laughs) um, uh, unfortunately I didn't know this until like 10 minutes before this I apparently had bad lemons so I replaced the lemon juice with um, pomegranate juice and no pomegranate juice and a dash of lime it's, it's fall it's a fall drink harvest moon is in the fall so I thought that should yeah, work, right? It should work. Yeah, I am drinking mine. So it is a martini drink, and Jessica is very classily drinking it out of a martini glass. I still do not own martini glasses, so I put mine in my cider glass for uh-huh. when I make hard cider. <laughs> this is a good one. Uh, if if you guys want to help her be able to afford martini glasses, <laughs> subscribe to <laughs> patreon.com slash geek elite media. Yep. All all of my funds go to Geek Elite Media via my fiance. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, I have uh, I'm drinking uh, a long, yes. like a, a barrel drink from a company that's been around since uh, 1898. Uh, wow. I have a Barks root beer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look at Stephen classing it up. I'll go. Prior to this, dear viewers and listeners, Stephen and I were having the discussion about our preferred brands of root beer when we can get our hands on them. So please feel free to tweet at Stephen or at Geek Elite regarding your favorite root beer. It yes. is certain to be a discussion. It's it's a long one. <laughs> it's a long one. So I am also a little nervous, Jessica, about what how this almond extract. I literally put a dash and it's all I can smell. <laughs> Are you guys just trying it for the first time right now? Yes. For any audio listeners, Elizabeth does not seem miffed by the drink, but she did like perk up her her eyebrows raised. Uh, Elizabeth or uh, Jess is thinking intently about the drink after having taken a sip. <laughs> Neither of them seem off put by the things, but I don't know if they're in love either. Tell us your thoughts, guys. 
The problem is, is with the extract, because it's so concentrated, even the smallest amount, that's pretty much all I can taste. So I actually have apricot brandy in mine instead of apple because I did not have apple on hand. And again, we were behind today. So I just <laughs> did not have time to run to the store. That's so, what happens and, when you film things on Tuesday. So like, to be fair. Well, and <laughs> my day. My day today. Oh, no. I'm going to rant for a solid 90 seconds. <laughs> so I got into the office early. had a busy day planned. like. Phone started ringing off the hook immediately. 8 a.m. The doors opened. Things started ringing off the hook. About 8:30, I realized I didn't get. I hadn't gotten any emails. And normally, I get at least a few early in the morning. You know, even some spam ones. I have an idea about what this means. I'm terrified for you. Our router was completely oh, no. trashed. Just oh, no. we called Spectrum and they said, oh, it hasn't been operating for 15 hours, according to our end of the system. And it's like, oh, oh, oh that's good. And they're like, and we're experiencing a slight outage. So we can't put you in until Thursday for an <gasps> appointment. And it's like, um, okay. Business. <laughs> well, and not only that, but. I needed to get an email to a client who was having a meeting in another state. So do do you guys have do you guys operate with laptops or like a PC desktop kind of situation? Yes, but we have and while we have a remote desktop capabilities, it's all through our server which is located on site, which if our server can't get Wi-Fi, can't access the remote desktop. Yeah, I was I was gonna say if you could hotspot something off one of your guys' phones, but that yeah. sounds outside the realm of realist realistic yep. things. If you guys are accessing, so was a whole bunch of download stuff at the office, huh. completely crowd my desktop, drive the thirty minutes home, <laughs> oh, no. do all the things that required emails, and then drive back. Um, and while I was gone, luckily our illustrious staff got to work on things and turned out Spectrum. They figured out how to get Spectrum out to us today. So we had Wi-Fi at the close of business today. Did you guys just oh, send okay. whatever associate is like really into weaponry <laughs> of some sort down there? Or like, how did you do that? Because that's an impossible feat. I don't ask questions. I just appreciate the results. That's fair. That's it's, one of those things, it's one of those things. That you just, you hire good people and you trust them to do their job. And when they come out with spectacular results, you don't ask them how it occurred. That's fair. This is the effect <laughs> from a lawyer. is maintaining plausible deniability in the event of anything crazy. So, but yeah, so it was quite the day. <laughs> quite the day. But speaking of inhospitable work conditions and hostile takeovers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Artemis. <laughs> oh. oh, Artemis. Nice segue, Stephen. Nice Thank segue. You. I so, try. We left off with Jazz having just been discovered by bum, bum. one of the harvesters. And so we open back up mm-hmm. with this kind of weird flash forward, I guess where she describes how they actually discovered her, which she would later come to find out how they actually discovered her, in that when one of the harvesters rolled over her oxygen tanks and blew up, it caused a slight tremor, which registered, which 
makes sense. If there's an earthquake on the moon, I'd want to know about it too. <laughs> yeah. So we go in. Jazz then tries to blow up the rest of them before the EVAs get out. And she manages to blow up three of the four in some very complicated. Not going to lie, I kind of glossed over this part because I was just like, okay, I know something's not going to work. I know she's going to get like, like something's going to go wrong. Let's just get to the going wrong part. Mm-hmm. So because while later on we get into all of the, you know, political intrigue and the economics, and I spent plenty of time reading every detail there, the actual mechanical pieces just don't interest me. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 fine for them to say, like, I crossed this wire and that wire, and that made bad things happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, I just kind of sped read through those, but she blows up three, not four. Manages to get away from the EVA posse, but, and I did appreciate that they continually called them a posse, <laughs> uh, <laughs> particularly because I expect them to be predominantly male, and posse is often in today's colloquially referred to for female groups, unless you have a sheriff's posse, which is the old. The olden times. (laughs) The the olden times. The only time I think of posse is if it's like early 2000s hip hop slang, and then specifically insane clown posse. (laughs) Fair enough. Speaking of fun words, do you guys know the word bailiwick? Yeah. I've heard of it. It's a good word. It's an excellent word. And I was familiar with it, but most of my office was not. So we ran across that in in a matter. And so several of the other people had to look it up. I was like, yeah, bailiwick. Of course. I'm like, I don't actually know the formal definition, but I know what bailiwick is. Yeah. Like the the general idea of it. Like, that's my bailiwick. That's my thing. That's my thing. My stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, just a side note there. That's but, actually what, what Jess is, Jess's name, Bailey, is actually short for Bailiwick. Yeah. <laughs> it, got, it got shortened at Ellis Island. It's Bailey. a whole thing. Yeah. Jessica, my stuff. <laughs> my stuff. <laughs> so, she makes the determination. So, she's running away from the EVA posse. And then she. Like that, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> she's doing that <laughs> like real. That. She's <laughs> doing that Baywatch jog. <laughs> it's Moon's Any- Gravity. I mean, come on, as it will be referenced like 50 million times in yeah, the pages. Um, Moon's Gravity. It's easy. Moon's Gravity. It's a ridiculous <laughs> amount of time. Yeah, whatever these weird, like. I'm a black belt super spy as a 26-year-old female. It's all because of Moon's Gravity. But anyway. I leapt over Moon's Gravity. It's easy. (laughs) I do do appreciate that being the go-to, like, (laughs) default explanation. Like, anything that kind of sounds impossible, like, he just throws it in there. Like, oh, it's just, it's because of the moon's gravity. Yeah, and the, the way the character's written is also very much like, I mean, come on, it's the moon's gravity. Yeah. yeah. I keep telling you people, why are you forgetting this? <laughs> but so she, so the EVAs start going to guard all of the doors. Mm-hmm. 
to get into Artemis because eventually she will run out of air and have to surrender herself. <laughs> so she comes up with this brilliant idea to ride the train to the visitor center and enter through that airlock, shove her suit in the lockers and ride the train back as a normal person. What she did not account for is Dale, who is an ex-friend, boyfriend-stealing friend, I frenemy. Was, yeah, I guess was, I guess he's the definition of a frenemy in her eyes. Uh, yeah, currently, yeah, he currently. was a friend, like a betrayer. He's more of a betrayer, he's more I would home, say, than a home wrecker. He's home a home wrecker. wrecker. He's a home wrecker. But so we come to find out because. We got introduced to Dale in the first third, but just that she really hated him. You and why. no idea why. And we come to find out in this section, it's because after her disastrous first relationship, she fell in love with Tyler, who was the complete opposite of her first boyfriend, who unfortunately also happened to be gay. And that's unfortunate only because she fell in love with him and... Not so much reciprocated. However, mm. while he was still dating her, he was having an affair with Dale. I will say, so. I, I I understand why her as a character, this is one of the parts where I do think the character's writing does come to fruition in a good way. Um, mm. The idea of her actually thinking that, or feeling rather, that she's fallen in love with someone would take so much for everything yeah. else we know about this character. So yeah. there had to have been something special on her end for that one. Yeah. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so to lose that would be... It'd be pretty deep. Yeah. Well, and particularly because we find out that was only a year ago. Yeah. Like, so that's still a real fresh wound. Like, this is not something that happened, you know, five, ten years ago where maybe yeah. she should get over it by this point. But, like... It does also... It does inform when she started doing the smuggling as well because of the... Correct. Life. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Dale catches her because Dale figure was the one who knew her best and got himself positioned there. And he asked her to give a reason to not take her in. And she offered him a hundred thousand dollars and he turned down the money and wanted her friendship back instead. Which she was really hesitant about, but she tapped into the logic part of her brain and realized she really didn't have a leg to stand on at this point. No. So she has to meet up with him every Wednesday night or something like that to have a beer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And let me say, he made the much better decision because he would not have gotten that 100,000 slugs. Right. (laughs) He would not have. Yeah, he would not have received any of those 100,000 slugs. So she makes the agreement with him, goes and goes back trying to get the HIB, the Hibby. <laughs> she gets that. Rudy is immediately on her. He's like, look, I know <laughs> you're the one who sabotaged these. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. And so he tries to pay her. To tell her the truth, tell him the truth. And she refuses those funds. And to him, that's as good as a confession. Yep. Because while she has no problem lying to him, if it's a business transaction, a deal is a deal. Mm-hmm. And she won't lie to him. So 
her rejecting of the funds he determines is the equivalent of a confession. How long do you think he's been holding on to that one method of getting something out of her? Because he has to have been just like, yeah, and the, the time when this shit really hits the fan, I'm going to do this. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely, so I was not a huge fan of Rudy at the beginning, but I, I definitely grew to appreciate him to a certain extent here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also, in my true Slytherin fashion, I very much appreciate the administrator, but we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, do, do we feel that she's the, he is a oncoming romantic interest? Yes. Because he she just keeps talking about his body, man. How good he looks. Yeah, no, this yeah. is definitely this is definitely a setup for He's gonna be the tester. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so she So she goes, she's like, I need to figure out how to deal with the fourth one because otherwise I'm not gonna get paid and I need to get paid. So she's thinking about it and trying to put off talking to (laughs) T-Dog. And eventually he texts her while she's at the bar and is like, you you have to come over here right now. Like, you just, you have to come over. So she gets over there to a double homicide scene. And just nopes right out of there, which is the best thing ever to do. I was so, I was like, don't investigate. And she's like, nope, I'm not even going to (laughs) look. There's blood on the wall. I'm out. Bye. Even after her like her message, she's like, "Hey, bad situation over here. You should get over here. Just stay right there." Nope. Like she double nopes. She's uh uh. (laughs) She's like, "It's not gonna happen." And she immediately hightails it into hiding. So she goes and she dumps a bunch of money into buying food and consumables needed. Gets her contact on Earth, her friend who she's been doing this smuggling ring with, to set her up another fake alias because she doesn't know. She just knows that T-Dog and his bodyguard are dead and she figures whatever is going on now after her. So she goes and hides where she hid when she was homeless. From there, we discover through a series of events that Jin Chu was playing double agent. Double. He was running his own Ponzi scheme. Oh, not a Ponzi scheme, but he was running his own. (laughs) Yeah. He, he was like, as soon as, as soon as this information stops being inherently exclusive to one person who I'm doing a business deal with, I will sell that information to the next person. Yeah. Well, he doesn't even wait for it to not be exclusive. Like, he literally just tells them both it's exclusive. Because well, the, the one person, he he's like, I mean, what's wrong with that? They would have figured it out when he took the, the company anyway, so they would have backtracked it, so it's fine. Yep. So we come to find out that Sanchez, right? Is it Sanchez? Or what's the name of the aluminum plant? Sanchez, I think. Sanchez, right? Pretty that sure. sounds right. Yeah. The aluminum okay. people. The aluminum yeah. people are a Brazilian cartel. Uh, surprise. <laughs> surprise. Surprise. Which, like, part of me is like, I don't know how you grow up on the moon from the age of six and now 26 and don't know that there's a cartel on the moon. Well, except they do get away explaining that the, the cartel didn't really operate That's much true. on the moon. 
they were just using the moon to launder their money. Mm-hmm. So I, I, a couple I still extra feel like small town rumor mill or something would have caught somebody actually growing up on the moon base. I don't get me wrong. I I definitely agree. There'd be like a hint of something. She would know <laughs> just a little bit of something. Like something's fishy there. Oh, it's a cartel. Oh, okay. That Maybe makes she sense. Know it's the cartel. Yeah. yeah. So they have an enforcer who she nicknames Lefty. And she runs into him in Jinshu's hotel room, which she sneaks up into by pretending to be a prostitute. But you know, Lucy, she specifically says she says kind of, but she she gets up there. She gets up there by pretending to be a prostitute because she offers sex in exchange for funds (laughs) with the older gentleman. So she goes into the hotel as a floozy. She gets up to the room as a proposed prostitute. Well, Um, she was pretending to be a prostitute the whole time. Like, that was a thing because you don't look at them. Like, especially since she's mentioned before, it's pretty common on the tourist side. But I was still just like her whole turning into a prostitute and the way she described it. I was like, uh, like, (laughs) I don't know. You could walk around just in normal clothes. And if you're just Post it up properly. Yeah, you don't need to wear a mini skirt that's basically tape or well, like I it's just more the way she was describing it, but it's also more of the way she's describing it, knowing it's written by a man who's describing a woman describing it. And I was like, I don't think that's how a woman would actually describe I don't well, know. Not only that, but like, that's maybe it's not... just me, but I don't use the word floozy anymore. Like I just I don't think I've ever used the word floozy. Exactly. <laughs> not to describe another woman. Like, especially since you know that her other opinion of prostitute is like, it's not a job for her, but it's a oldest job it's in the job. world kind of yeah. thing. Like, mm-hmm. don't, I don't know. I felt like she was kind of, it was, almost felt insulting in a way. Yeah. I don't know. But I could have, I could have read it very sensitively though. But. but so she runs into Lefty in the hotel and she uses the moon's gravity to basically pull off a Black Widow stunt. Um, <laughs> gets him outside the door, locks it, and calls security. So from there, she again does this 007, I don't know, I'm just going to keep naming spies. Uh, <laughs> 007 move with the makeup compact and the keypad for the safe. Which, I'm sorry, based on what we come to discover this piece is, there is no way I would leave it in a hotel safe. Like, I'm sorry, no. That would be on my person 100% of the time. Well, yeah. I don't think Jinchu's the smartest. <laughs> Clearly. That one's also very fair. This is, this is clear. He actively knew there was a cartel involved. <laughs> Just <laughs> went right to Like, I can double-cross the cartel. It's not a problem. Easy peasy. This will cause no issues for anybody. So, she gets out, which I never am clear how she exits the hotel. Like, does she just walk out the front door? I assume she just left. Prostitute done with her business. Mm -hmm. Fair. So, she, she then figures... That she needs to try and get a hold of, she needs to like figure out how much Lefty knows, figure out who he is. Mm-hmm. So she turns back on her Gizmodo, her UPS, her GPS tracking, and slips it under a bench 
to hide in a casino to watch. And she runs into Rudy. <laughs> well, he he knows exactly where she was. He kn- yeah, he knows exactly. Like, he put yeah. two and He's two like, together pretty quickly. I I do like this is quite often with her being like, how would you know I'd be here? And them going like, dude, we we live, like, we know you. Like, yeah, it, <laughs> we do like, know who you are as a person. <laughs> It's the bit from Umbrella Academy season two. You are a very like a very simple book written for dumb, very dumb children. Yes. <laughs> it was not hard to figure this out. No. So, but then when Lefty shows up, she flips because she's like, "How did he know? Cartels pay off police." Because she's watched one too many movies. Uh, but so she flips the table on Rudy and takes off. And then comes skulking back because he's not chasing her. Yeah. Imagine that that idea. Like, you see this person who's like, I'm out of here. Bah! And knocks this thing over. And the person's like, why? Probably with, like, a drink on them. And then j- jumps out the window after something else entirely. <laughs> that would be the weirdest, like, social media video, probably. Someone's, like, about to propose. And that stuff happens. Camera turns over there. And you see the person come back in, like, chase me? <laughs> I, I thought we had some sexual tension going. Why aren't you chasing me? <laughs> He's like, come on. So, in any case, she then gets word from Jinchu, and he, quote unquote, wants to help protect her and thanks her for saving his life. And he shows up. She has him come to her dad's welding shop because that's home. So, mm-hmm. you know, when in doubt, be on, a, be on your own turf. And it turns out Jin Chu was being held hostage by Lefty. Mm-hmm. And Jazz manages to get them all arrested. <laughs> yeah, it's Jin Chu, more like Jin Trader. <laughs> Jin, so, why he asked you later on? Just like, <laughs> oh, you can't deport me to China. Uh, like, dude, you tried to double cross multiple people. Like, and it has been you got multiple for. people killed. Mm-hmm. You got at least two people murdered. Whoa, is he, you? Yeah, and he says like, "And I'm gonna get fired." That was actually the best uh, line in like the entire book. Is the part where she yeah. he says something about um, like uh, I like I'm like stop whining during my murder or something. I forget the exact line. Yeah. Yeah. No, the best part was when they kept on going on it and Rudy freaking sprayed him like a freaking cat with water. <laughs> like, hush. <laughs> but quite honestly, that is the way to police. Yeah. That like, no, no lethal force necessary. No, <laughs> you know, no aggressive, like, physical contact. Just squirt them with a water gun. Squirt them with water. It's annoying and it'll get him to stop. <laughs> I feel like he usually has, like like they said, like it's just like drunks who are in like the moon drunk <laughs> tank. And so typically that's probably all he needs to do is like, hey, hey. And they're like, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So from there, the administrator comes in and she recommends Jin Chu be Deported back to China. No need for further criminal charges. Let his company deal with him. She determines Lefty either needs to go to Norway or to Russia. Because apparently on the moon, you get extradited to the victim's country. Which is intriguing. The best idea for this. It's very like, 
it, it throw them to the wolves 100 percent. but yeah what a way to discourage crime well exactly exactly and i did i did this is where i really appreciated rudy's intelligence because he's like let me pick because mm-hmm. if he cooperates we'll send him to norway if he doesn't cooperate we'll send russia. him to russia where would you want to be put on trial for murder? <laughs> like, yeah, this is, this is an intelligent, like thought process. Like can either go easy for you or it can be very, very hard. You pick. Uh, and then much to reduce chagrin. Cause he wants jazz deported to Saudi Arabia with no criminal charges pending. The administrator wants her released. And why does and she want her released? So suspicious. So suspicious. Rudy is obviously like exceptionally suspicious. He and the administrator clearly don't get along, which is probably I'm like when your judge, jury, and executioner don't get along, like are clearly antithetical to your law enforcement. You start to, like, they don't need to be buddy-buddies, and I don't want them buddy-buddies, but, like, when they clearly have very different agendas, justice is not likely being served. No. <laughs> like, they should at least be, you know, in the same book. We're, not we're on the same page, but at least in the same book. <laughs> we're 100% reading uh, about a time in this moon colony where they're setting the precedent for law going forward on the moon. So yeah, it's the Wild West out there. It it is definitely yes. This is definitely like Dodge City, Oklahoma. Like this is definitely the Wild West. But so the administrator lets Jazz go, and Jazz goes, and she goes down to the bar. Well, she goes to Solva, Slova, the Ukrainian. Uh, yeah, the she goes Ukrainian to the Ukrainian to give him the piece of fiber optic cable. And asks him to figure out what it is. What is it? And he goes, <laughs> like, this is, this has cost two people their lives and it's about to cost me mine. So could you please figure out what it is? So she goes and she has her weekly beers with Dale as per the agreement, which was a nice callback to Rudy's statement about a deal is a deal with you. Like, you'll lie to me, but if it's a business transaction, you won't. Yeah. In any case, the Ukrainian figures out he's very excited about what it is. So he invites her to come over. Or I guess no, he figures it out before she goes for the beers. Yes. Svoboda. 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 I had to read Svoboda. the name. Sorry. figures it out. Turns out it is a revolutionary fiber optic cable that will prevent the need for repeat repeaters. Stephen could this, probably describe yes, this better. Because I want this better. so badly. When they were describing this, I was like, "Oh boy!" I this, I can't even imagine the idea of this. Like, I've I've wanted fiber optic just normal. Like normal fiber optics to revolutionize the internet industry and everything, this would change absolutely everything. This is um, this is akin to the idea of power, like electricity, with AC, AC and DC current stuff. Uh-huh. Like the idea of one of those being so immensely superior—that's the kind of difference 
pajamas. Okay. And it messed me up. It's literally the exact same thing. Okay. 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 Thank you for the analogy. Because I was definitely <laughs> like, I was with Jazz where I was like, oh, okay. This is important. Why? <laughs> like, get to the, get to why you're jumping around so excited. So he explains it to her and he explains it to her what it, it essentially would mean that, you know, everybody, this would replace all telecommunications, fiber optic networks across the earth. So then she goes and she gets drunk with Dale and she ends up crashing at Sabavados because Svoboda. Svoboda? Yeah. She's so exhausted. Uh, I'm going with the Ukrainian. She she crashes with the Ukrainian. (laughs) T-Dog. No, no, no. T-Dog beats T-Dog because he's a scoundrel. The Ukrainian... (laughs) is an upstanding gentleman. He gets the Ukrainian. Oh yeah. The the Um, guy inventing the reusable condom. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. No, there, if there's a market for it, there's a market for it. And I appreciate efforts at safe sex. So (laughs) I, I will, I will not begrudge somebody their economic invention. No, 100%. There there are good things about this invention. (laughs) It's very good. It's just still very like uh, <laughs> reusable. There, he, the the one thing I will I, I won't interrupt about my thoughts about his character. Continue the plot. I'm sorry. Oh, by all means. Yeah. I was just like the he as well as um what's the other guy um Dale not not Tyler yeah Dale um those two characters they very much ushered in like a second act to the book. Where she has yes. the revelation that, yes, I have friends. These have all been my friends. Wait, people care for me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure, like, I don't know if he necessarily has romantic interest in her. I do think that they're leaning more towards that. But initially, it also seemed like he was just frustrated that she tried to give him money when he said, no, we're friends in the beginning of the stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he's just as like, You're, we're friends, though, you know? don't i did not get the impression that he had romantic feelings for her past the biological reaction of an attractive female yeah and he's clearly uncomfortable with how that operates yeah but i definitely do perceive him to see her truly as a friend yeah so but she crashes at his place and then she does some research and a light bulb goes off. They don't tell us what that light bulb is, but the light bulb goes off as to what this all means. Mm-hmm. And she screams to him that it was never about the aluminum. No. And he, he's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, what are you talking? I have no idea what you're talking about. It was like a house so- moment where he's like, uh, of course it wasn't the walnuts. And he just walks out of the room and someone's like, but what does that mean? <laughs> like, wait, come back. <laughs> so Jazz heads to the administrators. And this was probably my favorite. Like, this was all of the pieces that I love. Like, this was this was for me what the fiber optic cable discussion was for Steven. <laughs> this was also the most interesting part of the entire book. Oh, yes, it really was. So... Jazz goes to the administrator and she poses an economic hypothetical to her. 
And she begins by asking generally what the value of the telecom industry on Earth is in the several trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. She's like what she says like three three point five? Three point five trillion dollars, which mm-hmm. is a pretty good estimate. Depends how you're how encompassing you're dealing with in terms of telecommunications because mm-hmm. again, as Jazz points out further on in the discussion, she only started referring to TV, internet, and phone lines, those that would operate on fiber optic cables, mm-hmm. not satellite. Satellites. So, because then if you also add like radio and content in terms of telecommunications, you start to, that number can exponentially increase very quickly. But Jazz ends up pulling a knife on the administrator when she realizes that the administrator set her up as bait. To which the administrator goes, did you bring a knife to a gunfight? <laughs> And so eventually they calm the situation down enough that the administrator can walk her through what the economics actually means. Mm -hmm. Because as it turns out, the moon doesn't have an economy. We got a bit of this information from Jazz's conversation with T-Dog at the beginning that aluminum is not a profitable industry. Mm Mm-mm. Which is why Jazz immediately thought something was fishy about why he would want into an unprofitable industry. And she figured there was an angle he was working. Well, since aluminum is the really the main manufacturing product for the moon, they have no goods to exchange with the external markets. Jazz presumes that the entire economy operates off of tourism. Which seems like a bad thing to have assumed. Yeah. In, to it, me. It does, particularly when you start looking at proportionality. And mm-hmm. as we get into the footnote with macroeconomics, I can explain it a little bit more in depth. But proportionally, you would need, of the four hubs, you would need three of them to be tourist-based and one to house the population proportionally mm-hmm. to get to the point where your entire economy could operate off of tourism. Like that would have to be pretty close to the ratio. In any case, the administrator says, no, no, our economy basically runs off of people moving here. And this is assets with them and bringing their assets with them. And she says, Basically, we've inadvertently become a Ponzi scheme, and we're reaching our crest. Mm -hmm. However, this new fiber optic cable can only be produced outside of Earth's atmosphere, and the cheapest place to produce it would be on the moon. Both the Brazilians and T-Dog had heard about this, and the administrator had made the decision that she could get more favorable terms from Trond, from T-Dog, than she could from the Brazilians because they already had a permanent contract. And so long Mm -hmm. as they continued to produce oxygen by making these fiber optic cables, 
and they started to get into the glass industry, she was concerned that the entire city would be overrun mm-hmm. and controlled by the Brazilian mafia. Well, and plus they'd already like shown exactly what they would do with any kind of like new and growing business interest. They yeah. took over the glass industry. Exactly. Through a fire. <laughs> Correct. So the administrator lays out that she was using jazz as bait because she needed to know how far the Brazilians reach had come in. And she had Rudy release jazz for the same reason. She figures if she concentrates their efforts on jazz, she's more likely to be able to root out the problem, which jazz takes exactly how anybody put in that situation would take it. Like, really? You're supposed to be my mayor. You're supposed to protect the public. I'm part of the public and you're setting me up to die. To be murdered pretty horrifically, actually. Which, like, very, like, no nonsense. To be fair, though, it seems like the whole time since Jazz started her smuggling business, the mayor has known about Jazz's smuggling business and just let it roll through. Like, exactly. I don't know, petty, petty crime is great for the economy, just... I mean, honestly, it kind of is. Mm-hmm. It, it is. There's, there's is. A, there is a certain level of petty crime that is healthy, economically speaking. It may not be societally healthy, but... Economically speaking, it is healthy because you mm-hmm. always have inelastic goods that society does not necessarily want to encourage, but the demand for them are going to continue to be inelastic. So you allow those kinds of petty crimes to continue. Mm-hmm. Well, plus, like, it's it's not necessarily the same thing, but it's like a separate industry operating entirely within the moon's infrastructure. Correct. <laughs> the dollar petty- stays on the moon. The dollar stays on the moon and it moves much freer and much faster because it doesn't tend to get collected at the top. If jazz were running a large syndicated operation, that would be more of an issue because then it would be accumulating in one spot. But a bunch of small petty actors acting individually from each other encourages the flow of funds. Mm -hmm. So we get into all of this. And Jazz makes the determination on her own accord after leaving the administrator that she basically just needs to complete the job. And she needs to have Lena act as Trond was intending to become the supplier for this new cable. Because she makes the same calculation the administrator does that for the betterment of the community... Mm-hmm. that's who needs to have access to running this market, I particularly on a six-month renewal requirement. Yeah. I still don't know how I feel about the idea that she presents to her, saying that the the cartel will be glad to get the idea of a payout. I know that obviously one lump sum right up front could be attractive, to a, well, to a company that's not, or a little company, a group that's not necessarily looking to build the infrastructure for a whole thing going forward. But I can also see a person who's a part of a cartel that's like, oh, we can kind of legitimize our business and start a real business that no one else can touch. 
It's a question of access to resources, to be quite honest, because what the calculation that is being made is if you destroy the smelter, they are then in breach of their contract. Mm -hmm. So they have to renegotiate that contract, which the administrator is not going to give them because she's going to give it over to Lena. So -hmm. now they have no contract to sell the oxygen. And since aluminum is a cost prohibitive matter and they don't have, they would have to re-rent the land to build a new project with probably less tax subsidies, subsidies, if not Mm. a higher rent. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't be able to access the market. I just don't imagine them taking that easily. Oh, no, 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 they will. They will probably attempt to kill jazz. There's no question. There's no question. But if they make the calculation that it's in their better interest to take the buyout, they'll Mm -hmm. take the buyout and then try and get their pound of flesh later on. I'll take that one. Yeah, 100%. That that will be the calculation that is made. This is not a, and then everybody will walk away. That's not yeah, how that would actually right. work. Yeah, they they would get their they would they would at least attempt to get their pound of flesh at some point. But so to do this, Jazz starts doing what she hates doing, and she asks for help. <laughs> and so she pulls in the Ukrainian. She pulls in her contact on Earth. She pulls in Lena. And that's where we end this section. Yeah, so. no, I, I was very pleased with this portion of the book. Mm-hmm. It made it a much more interesting thing um, to the degree that this might have been the original kernel of the story. Yeah. This was clearly the the crux. Because there's so much else that has led up to this point that even though it was moving us from point A, point B, point C, mm-hmm. it didn't feel like this was the story that they were looking to tell. But I'm glad that we got here. Glad we got here too. I'm glad we got here too. It is far more interesting to me than a standard hostile takeover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I do like some of the side character developments that have, that have come about. Mm. I know the Ukrainian, he was so sweet. (laughs) Svoboda? Svoboda. Yeah, Svoboda. (laughs) S-boba. S-boba. I'm going to continue to call him the Ukrainian. Dear Uh, listeners, viewers, just, I'm sorry, you're going to have to accept that from me. So. I think they're accepting it as well. So I, I'm going to be interested to see where this wraps up. I'm going to be interested to see at what point, because at some point she's going to have to rope Rudy into this. Yeah. And at some point she's going to have to rope Bill into this. And I'm going to be intrigued to see how she does both and when she does both. Mm-hmm. I feel like she has to rope her dad in. in <gasps> some way she- her dad really does have to come back in. Mm-hmm. He does. Because she is really anti having her dad help her at all. Like, she's anti anybody helping her, but her dad helping her. Definitely no. Yeah. So he's going to need to help her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're going to need that character development to happen. (laughs) And we're going to need to be told that 
she wants that money to pay back her father. Like, yeah, she's she's definitely even though we all know it. Oh, yeah. We all know yeah. it. Yeah. Now, um, any other predictions from you guys for what's coming up next? Lena's gonna hire her. Okay. When this okay. is all said and done, Lena's gonna hire her. I can definitely yeah. see that one. Yeah, it's definitely ending with her having a legit job, at least, and having her own apartment with her own private shower. <laughs> <laughs> Which really okay. makes sense. I get it. I get it. Goals, girl. Like, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I like I. It's the little things in life. It's the it's little a... things. Yeah. Like I, I remember the first time I owned two towels that were all my own after like living on my own. That was a nice thing. So. <laughs> yeah. No. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I I'm thinking about actually when I f- bought my first mattress. Like when mm. I replaced the mattress on the bed that I'd grown up on. So the same mattress I'd been sleeping on since I was seven till I was like 25. Yeah. And then I replaced yeah. that mattress with like. Oh. No, it, it, it's a wonderful thing. I slept on the same uh, mattress that my parents bought for $5 at a yard sale until I was very old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it. So it is. It, it's the littler things. The it's little like, things. It's, yeah. it's the little things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But in any case, reminiscing on adulthood. <laughs> Send us your favorite memory of the first thing you bought in some wave of things. What was the first thing you bought with your first paycheck? Reader, listener, watcher? That's a good question. That's a good question. I like, know what first paycheck first as an adult? I, I, I know my first paycheck thing I ever purchased in general. I don't know about what you. What was it? I bought a combo meal at Carl's Jr. because it was right by the Mervins where I worked. Uh, and so I, I, I was very stingy with my money in general. Uh, and in this moment, I went to go get this combo meal because I was like, you know, this is my first hour long break I've ever had. So I'm going to walk over there. I'm going to buy this combo meal. Mm-hmm. And that combo meal, I bought it. And I think minimum wage at that point was like, I, I don't, I think it was like maybe eight something. Um, I don't, I, that sounds yeah. too low to be true but i think that might have been what it was i i yeah. think it, yeah no that's what that was <laughs> yeah, uh, knowing our respective ages that's what it was yeah. yeah it sucks but no like i i bought this meal and i was like this is an hour of work no i am never doing this again i have <laughs> so much fast food since then yeah um <laughs> what did i buy with my first paycheck i don't even know I feel like my first big one, like I felt like was like, I'm buying this for myself and I'm researching it and I get all this money for it was probably my current laptop. Mm. Like that's the one purchase that I think I was like, no, I'm not getting any help with this. Not like I'm going to research. I'm going to figure out exactly what I want and what I need. I can afford this now. (laughs) Like, Is it the computer you're on currently? It's the one I'm on currently. It's a Lenovo. Lenovo Yoga. But <laughs> I should end up being a great purchase because it's lasted me four years with like zero issues. So. <laughs> yeah, no, my first, the first thing I probably purchased with a paycheck, with my paycheck, was probably like either like a movie ticket or yeah. a meal out with friends, something mm. like that in high school. But then the first thing I bought with my first like 
not work study paycheck where I had to use that to like, you know, survive. But like I got a second job because I was saving money was a set of luggage mm. for my study abroad. I feel like all of these things say so much about each of us individually. (laughs) I'm a food person. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it was was a set of luggage. So that way I reminded why I was putting myself through this (laughs) to save up funds to study abroad. So, yeah. But yeah. And like just me, I'm an only child to a father that spoils her. So like to have something that I was like, no, I'm taking care of this. I'm getting it myself. You're not helping me. Like just. It's a good feeling. Definitely. Yeah, it was. It was a good feeling. So on that fun note, listeners, viewers, if you remember what the first thing you bought with your first paycheck or a paycheck that you remember is your first big purchase go ahead and tweet at us jessica where can people find you uh you can find me on a couple social media sites as jm bailey writes steven where can people find you you can find me across all social media at got you come to my website peppermintgentleman.com if you really want to find out my, what my social media are you could have been a person who listened to all the episodes before this or you can go to the bottom of that website and find me there and you can find me with the rest of Geek Elite Media at geekelitemedia.com, Facebook page forward slash geekelitemedia. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on any podcatcher slash YouTube. I think that's where these videos go. I don't know. Steven handles that. <laughs> and if you would like to support us, please join us on our Patreon. We will send, we do extra episodes, fun polls, other random quirks and perks of being a Patreon. Yeah, Help us get Elizabeth some martini glasses. (laughs) (laughs) Our our next GoFundMe on our Patreon page is martini glasses for me. (laughs) So, (laughs) but until next time, this is the love of pages reminding you to keep turning those pages and always remember to geek out. This concludes our broadcast.